Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Strive for Strength podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Strample, otherwise known as Fears to Fit, and I am a fitness and business enthusiast, and I'm bringing you the stories of not only myself, but other incredible human beings to help educate you on all things personal development, business, health, and mindset, so that as millennials, we can mobilize our generation and rise. excited for today's episode. So we have my good friend and coach, Chad Molyneux, a five-year fitness coach and CEO of Chad Molyneux Fitness. He's also the creator of the Health and Wealth Blueprint, which is a fitness business designed to help entrepreneurs reach their health and wealth goals, as well as an online one-on-one business coach. So without further ado, let's hop into this episode. He is a business whiz. I am so excited for you guys to learn from him. So let's get... Chad, tell me a little bit about yourself. What got you started off in your road with fitness? Yeah, so, okay, road with fitness. That started way, way back. So I started when I was 15. Um, Like many other people, I got into it because of sports. Uh, But then later on down the line, I got into online fitness coaching because, as you know, and probably many of your followers know, Caitlin um, introduced me into Christian Guzman. And at the time, I was a server. I was also like a part-time in-person trainer. And I was watching this and I was like, online fitness coaching, this is so stupid. Like no one would ever want to do this. And then uh, I walked Caitlin out to her car and I went back downstairs and Christian Guzman was still on the TV. And then I just went down the rabbit hole. I stayed up to like two in the morning watching his videos. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And uh, I told myself I was going to become full-time in three months. And that three months really took me like closer to three years to actually go full-time. And I'm sure we could dive deeper into that and the craziness of that. But Long story short, that's how I got into it. That's crazy. It's awesome how just like one person can kind of inspire you to, you know, get further into your fitness journey as well as your business journey as well. Um, but so for you, Chad, in terms of where you started, so I know I know from your Instagram a little bit of your story, but I know at some point you had it pretty tough where you were like, all right, this is my ultimatum. This is what I have to do. I have to make this work. So um, with you kind of diving into your fitness journey and stuff, going from being a server um, how was that for you? Like, what did that look like starting off? Getting from going from a server to a fitness coach. Yeah. What, what did that look yeah. like? Yeah, it was, it was pretty terrible, honestly. <laughs> so I tried to figure it out on my own, like growing the business thing. And, you know, I was taking all the free advice I could. So, you know, like watching Gary Vee, watching people like that. And like, you know, they'd say be on every single platform known to man. So I literally was on every single platform, like even platforms that people didn't really know about, like musically thinking that this is what I had to do. And, um, you know, I was like tirelessly working on things that weren't really driving results. And uh, I kept pushing, I kept pushing, kept pushing, couldn't figure it out on my own. So I was like, okay, I need to hire a business coach. And um, got on the call with that business coach and he told me that it was going to be 6K, which at the time that was like an astronomical amount of money for me. I think I only had like a couple hundred bucks in my bank account at that point. And I told him, I was like, hey, give me two weeks. And I know when people say that, it's like, oh shit. But I, I was being serious. I was like, give me two weeks. I'll figure this out. And uh, sold like bikes that I owned, clothes that I owned, watches, headsets, crazy things that I owned. Came up with $2,000, made the deposit, and was able to join the program. But I had no idea how I was going to pay for the rest of the 4K. So I figured, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to land a bunch of clients. I'll be able to pay off this 4K. Like, no problem. Next month comes, I only landed one client, 2K on a payment plan. I think he was paying like 200 bucks biweekly or whatever the math is. So I didn't obviously have the money to pay off the 2K. Um, paid pay eventually made up enough money to pay my second payment and then I was in debt on my third payment 
So I, I took out a loan and I paid off the last payment and then I had debt collectors coming after me because I couldn't even pay off my loan. So I went pretty deep into debt there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you saw the video. There was a point where I like took water bottles and was dispensing water bottles to come up with money to pay for some other crazy business idea that I had that also failed. Um, so after that business coach failed and I didn't make any results, like I said, I went back on, back out on my own and tried to figure it out on my own. Couldn't figure it out on my own again. So I hired a second business coach. And at this time I was a server. So I was making a little bit more money and I was able to make the payments of 2K a month once again. And uh, four months into that program, I was a full-time online fitness coach. So it took me about two and a half, three years to get there and a lot of trial and a lot of struggle, but I was very, very persistent. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that's the one thing I think a lot of uh, coaches who are newer to the industry, they just lack the consistency in terms of really wanting that instant gratification. It's something that you just have to like never give up on, you know? Um, so for you, I know that fitness coaching was kind of where you got started with everything. Um, that was you built up for yourself and now you're headed more into the direction of doing one-on-one -on -one business coaching which is super cool um so tell me a little bit about what the the transition has looked like for you i mean i know you still balance them both really well um in regards to the big difference for you what was like that transition like focusing on going into business coaching yeah so i'm going to answer that in a second i want to add one more thing um I think that two and a half to three year journey was very self-inflicted too. I don't think it had to be that long. And for most people, it's not that long, but I put my ego in front of like, Hey, I'm going to allow somebody to help me. And uh, I wasn't open to that help. And uh, I think a lot of people need to get over the fact of they want to do it on their own or they want to be self-made and they just need to be open to having people like yourself or myself just coach them through the process. But anyways, getting back to your original question, you said, how's the transition or yeah, how's that transition? Like what's been the big difference for you with heading over into the direction of, of business coaching? Yeah. So business coaching is great. I think I had to get in a certain point with my fitness coaching business in order to actually do it though. So I have two assistant coaches that basically run the, the delivery side of my fitness business. Uh, I have two people that are bringing in me lead, like bringing me leads. And then I just take the calls, like do all the sales calls. And eventually I want to get into a position where I'm not doing any sales calls. I'm just operating that side and then I'm doing more fitness coaching, but I've allowed myself to take like 10 one-on-one -on -one business clients. And uh, it's been a great transition. Honestly, I like working with business clients. I don't want to say this, but I like working with business clients, maybe even a little bit more than fitness clients. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, you know, you have to get to that place with your fitness coaching business and establish yourself and learn. You know, that's the biggest thing with like learning, taking away, and then being able to, of course, provide more value for more people. Because essentially, I, I kind of look at it like this, and I'm sure you can agree, but you know, you can be one fitness coach to however many clients your capacity holds. But if you create 10 amazing fitness coaches from business coaching, then they're able to make a way bigger impact. And I think that's one thing that's super important too. So for you, in terms of, I kind of want to go back to your resilience here, um, talking about how you kind of got to a little bit of where you are. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the importance of coaching, because I know we both personally have invested in coaches previously. Um, yep. sure, you know, how much you've been burned. I know I've been burned in this industry before, but for you, Chad, personally, um, if you can kind of give some you know, shed some light on what it's been like working with coaches for you and what you've kind of taken away from that. So for you personally, like, how do you feel working with coaches? Because I personally believe coaches need coaches, right? Yeah. I still work with business coaches. Yeah. Yeah. So I still, I still hire business coaches today. Um, I am two for three. 
I've had one bad experience and two really good experiences. Both of those really good experiences I extended for longer terms. So the first good experience I did for three months, then I extended for 12. Um, the current experience I'm in right now, I did three months and I just extended for another nine. Um, yeah, I think coaching is amazing. And I, really to like sum it up, it's a fast track, right? Like I could figure it out on my own, but it would take me five, 10 years or I could just pay somebody to figure out all of the challenges that they've already gone through and expedite it and learn it in three months. Right. Yeah. It's more just a, like you said, a rapid fast track. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think that's the one reason why all coaches, they need coaching, whether it's, you know, the side on the fitness side of things or with the business coaching side of things. So for you, Chad, I know this is probably one question you get from a lot of people who come to you to enhance their fitness coaching business. And this is generally a question we get from a lot of people who are just newer and it's usually the first thing is always like i don't know where to get started right first problem um so for you when you encounter that um what what would you suggest for people out there listening who are wanting to get started in a fitness business what's the first step for them yeah that's, that's a great question also a very loaded question i think you can go a lot of different ways with that um from a strategic standpoint, I'm going to say it's really identifying what you want your business to look like, right? What's the model? What's the long-term goal? Where do you want your endpoint to be? Working backwards from there and starting as easily as like, okay, who's the type of client you want to serve, right? But I think even before that, there needs to be a, a couple of things in the mindset that you need to get right first, right? It's like, okay, cool. A lot of people think they need to have a bajillion followers to have success. Not true. I mean, you and I come from very different places. <laughs> um, other things is they need to they need to strap up and understand that this is a business. And I think a lot of people that want to become online fitness coaches, they see you and I and they're like, oh, the travel. Oh, going to festivals. Oh, the fun. It's a very, very small percentage of it. And you have to be ready to work. I don't know about you, but I work pretty long days. Uh, I still work really long days. And there's times where I feel stressed. There's times where I feel tired. There's times where I feel anxious. And I think people have to mentally prepare for that, like prepare for battle before they decide that they're going to get into something like this. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think uh, a lot of the times it is glorified. And like you said, which I really wanted to touch on too, is like, you know, there are influencers out there who have fitness coaching businesses and there are people who are more micro influencers and have a little bit of a smaller following. Right. And so I think it's, um, generally for you, obviously you're a success story with a smaller following and it's possible. Like it is beyond possible. Right. So, um, for you in terms of strategy wise, if you could kind of give the audience just a little bit of insight, um, if you could give them kind of one actionable takeaway, just yeah really get started, whether it's on the mindset side of things or, you know, posting on Instagram, just kind of one actionable takeaway just to get started. Yeah. I'm going to give three. So business is made up of three things, sales, marketing, and delivery, right? So get started with one thing in each of those categories with sales. I think the easiest, the easiest thing to do, especially if you're really small following is you have to learn how to DM outreach and then you have to know your sales process, right? So what happens once you book a call? Is it a one call close? Is it a two call close? Figure it out from there, right? From a marketing standpoint, it's it's identifying who you want to serve and then creating content around that particular niche, right? For me, in fitness, it was real estate professionals, and I do all my fitness content on Facebook, but I make it all around that profession, right? And then as far as delivery goes, it's once again creating the systems. Like, okay, cool. What does your nutrition look like? What are you gonna take? Like, what is the client process from onboarding to when they leave you? So I think if you can get started with those three things in each of those one different parts of your business. I think you're on a great start. 
Right, right. And I know for you personally, Chad, and this is something I said when I when I first touched base with you, I was like, you're the biz whiz, literally. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> the sales is like a really uh, a thing that you're very passionate about. I can say for myself, honestly, too, it's something I'm very passionate about, too, because I know and I know that you know this, we'll never be able to provide a service or make any kind of impact on anybody, granted that we can't make a sale, right? And I think that's yep. one me coaches give a negative connotation to um so for you personally was there anything that maybe i mean and some people are natural with it was there anything you feel like for the sales portion of things kind of got you more comfortable or was there a step you took to really oh yeah I, I was terrible at sales when i first started my first sales call i fumbled over every word i was sweating oh my god if i recorded that i would post it because it was so oh, freaking embarrassing it was so bad, but um, yeah, it's it's like everything else in business. It's processes, right? Like when I found the sales process that worked for me, like the DM outreach script. Okay, this is my ten minute call script. Okay, this is my sixty minute call script. I like practiced that. Like it was going out of style. Like I was reading it. I was practicing it out loud. You can ask Caitlin. I would role play with her. Like I would have her tell me like objections. Like, hey, that's too much. Or I need to talk to my wife, and I would just walk through that. Um, so I found my scripts, I read my scripts, I practiced my scripts. And that honestly is what made me good at sales to be completely honest. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think it comes down to reiteration and also just finding, you know, what, what feels good for you. A lot of people yep. look at sales as something that's like more sleazy, but I, I also think, and I think you can touch on this too, is coming from like the mindset side of things. Um, where do you think people kind of need to go with that? Because I, I know obviously getting comfortable is one thing, but also stepping into, I think, a place of like a good money mindset and a place of service, mm. it's a big difference too. So what's your take on the mindset side? The mindset side of sales? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to be completely unattached to the outcome. I think that's the first thing, right? If you're going to every, every sales call, like I must close this person, you're going to be desperate and the person on the other end can feel that. Uh, I view my sales calls as conversations more than anything. I've had prospects say like, Hey, I feel like I'm on a podcast, <laughs> which I thought is funny. Um, but at the end, at the end of the day, like sales is a massive mindset game. So every, every morning when I wake up, I go for a walk and I listen to sales content all the time because it, it is a money mindset thing. And here's actually something I'm going to say that I feel like is not what most people think. Like you should be thinking about money. You should be thinking about making more money. You should be writing down how much money you want to make. You should talk to other people about money. The more that you talk about money, the more you're around money, the more you see money, the more likely that you are going to be to be comfortable, you know, in a sales situation. But if you're completely uncomfortable about talking about money, it's going to be very hard for you to sell people. Yeah, I agree with that. And in all honesty, when it comes down to it, the correlation between money and service and actually making an impact, they are directly yeah I, one of my coaches told me once that the amount of money that you have is a direct reflection of the amount of people you help i agree completely yeah and so in regards to the sales side of things it's just something that you do have to get more comfortable with right over time um and essentially like you said chad i mean just kind of stepping into your power the mindset side of things as well as more of like the, the inner work too with business so um, also real quick, sorry. <laughs> um, it's, it's also like anything else building confidence is it, you're not going to build confidence before you take, do the action, right? Building confidence is built throughout doing, taking hundreds and hundreds of calls last year, just on discovery calls. I did 700 in 2019 and I got amazingly better over the course of those 700 calls. So if you're, if you're scared of sales right now, it's don't try to fix the confidence and the mindset thing before taking the call, start taking the calls and improve along the way. Right, right. So 
Um, one thing that you touched on too was, uh, so DM outreach, and this is something I'm actually really yeah. you. Um, so I think for a lot of people, especially on more of a micro level, people who um, look up to a lot of influencers and think they can just get inbound leads, right? Yep. This is where the sale actually starts. It always starts with the content side of things and providing there. But um, can you speak to anyone who maybe doubts themselves with DM outreach or at least kind of like starting the process with that? Yeah. Okay. So this is funny. I gave up on inbound leads a really long time ago. <laughs> I, cause I, I used to hang my hat on that. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get a big following. A bunch of people are going to reach out to me. This is going to be great. I'm not going to have to, I'm not, I'm just. So people know inbound leads. If you're, if you're not familiar, that's basically putting an application process out. People filling that. Yeah. Out. Like swipe up, link in bio, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So I gave up on that a really long time ago. I was like, okay, cool. Like it's just not going to happen, whatever. And then I got into the mindset that I have to go out and find people. And here's what I found throughout that process. People are way more receptive to it than you've, than most people think. Right. So cold outreach, talking to people. And I think what separates that process then from other people's processes of like, Hey, buy my crap is, is actually a connection. It's actually a conversation and the person actually feels heard, right? Because you're talking about the person's goals, their challenges, what they need. And then you're giving them a, a viable solution of hopping on a free call to figure out if it's a good fit. So I personally think that it closes the gap between, basically it creates a relationship between you and the prospect. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's one one thing people undermine and underestimate uh, majority of the time is, you know, first start a DM outreach. And so, uh, almost kind of reversing things going back to the beginning here. Um, you know, obviously when it comes down to DM outreach, that's something that is vital, I think, especially for people more on a micro level. Um, now, obviously these people aren't just going to be reaching out to anybody, right? Mm. What do you have in terms of suggestions for people who are looking to start or get comfortable with DM outreach? Should they be starting in a specific niche? What does that look like? Mm. Okay, cool. So you're asking like, what do people need to get started with DM outreach? Yeah, what would be the first step for them to get comfortable with? That? Yes. So I think that's, I think that's the beauty of DM outreach is there's really no barrier to entry, right? It's, it's, and a lot of people's like barriers are self-inflicted with DM outreach. Oh, they're not going to respond. Oh, they're going to tell me to kindly F off. Um, and very few people actually do that. And if they don't respond and you follow back up with them, nine times out of 10, they say they're busy. So once again, business is all mindset. When you're starting DM outreach, it's just saying, hey, I'm gonna reach out to people. It's a numbers game. Some people will say yes, some people will say no, but I know this is the right thing to do to move the business forward. Right, correct. And then another thing is too, you know, and, and this is what I'm saying, especially during the quarantine time right now, we have a lot of- Yes. <laughs> we can touch on that. Um, yeah. You know, nurturing leads right now, I think, is such a beautiful thing because, yeah, there will be a lot of money objections right now. There are people out of work, but there are still people who are signing up. Um, and I think right now is a beautiful time to nurture those leads. Um, and I was wondering if you could kind of speak to that, too, with everything we have going on. Yeah, well, that's also why outbound is so important, right? Because the inbound leads, unless like you're a rock star, are going are gonna to be slimming down right now because people are, you know, pulling back their money they're scared to spend their money but if you have a really tight outbound game like when you're going out into chat and chatting with people and you can overcome those objections in messenger you're going to be totally fine it's once again just a numbers game but no, what was your question sorry no i actually i wanted to say something real quick i was going to say you you posted something on on instagram the other day it was saying that in regards to the quarantine like you have to work twice as hard right now to get the same yep. 
yep. that, that you were getting before. So um, in terms of mindset with where you're currently at right now, I think I've really realized if you're in a place of service, you know, you just have to continue to be doing your thing. So on the sales side of things, um, you know, there are a lot of people and I've even talked to friends who are like, hey, I feel kind of sleazy posting right now. So uh-huh. if you guys are listening at a later date, we're currently quarantined it's corona it's covid19 time for us so chad for you in terms of like where your headspace is at with that um can you kind of speak to that and like what you yeah oh i'm excited i'm excited why because i and this, this is like i'm just very competitive a lot of people are going to pull back a lot of other fitness coaches will pull back and there's going to be a larger piece of the pie for the people that decide that they want to grow and expand in a time like this so i'm spending more in ad spend right now i have two messengers that they're working from 10 in the morning till nine o'clock at night. And obviously I have to pay them for that. So we're actually working harder and more personally, I'm calling old leads. So like I said, last year I got on 700 discovery calls. I'm going back into those lists on tight form and I'm just calling like five to 10 people a day, seeing where they're at and booking appointments that way. Um, so I think if you're not doing more in a time like this, you're missing the huge opportunity. Again, going back to my post the other day, right? I said, we have to work twice as hard to get the same or less result. But when you work twice as hard, that's going to become your new norm. And when this clears up, you're carrying that new norm into a better time and your business will theoretically explode. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I definitely think too, it gives you the upper hand on other coaches as well. Um, Being that you were the one giving the free value that you were reaching out during this time is so important. Um, Nurturing them for if they're not going to now in the future and and i think another thing too and you can probably speak to this is there are still people out there there are plenty of people working from home there are people who can still make the investment and now they have more time on their hands than ever yeah and that's interesting too because we had to make a little niche pivot the real estate market isn't doing very well right now because realtors can't do showings unless they're doing virtual showings um so we've been targeting more people in like the tech industry like uh engineers software engineers it people and uh, yeah, I mean, they don't even bat an eye. They're still working. Their life hasn't changed just like you and I, and, and they're willing to invest. Right. So I, I had one one question about that for you as well. Obviously, it kind of rails into the, the sales side of things. Now, yep. with you finding your niche specifically, um, do you have a word of advice for people who specifically, because I know obviously you know the value of a niche and if you kind of want to go into your views on that too, the importance of a niche and kind of how you, how you can dive into one. The importance of a niche. Yeah. Okay, cool. So here's like the business theory behind it, right? If I was going to say I'm working with, you know, the general pop population, I'm going to be on Instagram. What's everybody do? Everybody works with the general general population. They're on Instagram, right? So you're going to be a very small sliver on a very large pie. But if, for example, we'll use me, I'll say, all right, I'm going to actually work in the real estate industry and help the real estate people get fit. There's not many people in that pie, right? So I get to have a much larger part part of the pie. Quick question for you too, Chad. Have yeah. You, have you ever worked in real estate? No, never worked in real estate. And it wasn't even uh, it wasn't even a choice. It was kind of like. It started off with, I want to work with business owners and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed I was working with a lot of real estate people. And I said, oh, okay, I'll just say that. <laughs> so. I just really kind of a point there because I think a lot of people think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it has to be the previous you. And a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I know for me personally, I came from a passive eating disorder and like that's yep. a 
practice. So I'm obviously not going to work with that. So, you know, you do have to niche down and be a little more specific. So. Yeah. I also think it's hard. And this is, I say a lot of unpopular things because I think I talk about money more than people want, <laughs> but um, I also think that it's very important to have a niche that is profitable, especially in a time like this, because there's going to be a lot of people out there that their niche isn't really profitable and they may take a hit, right? Cause their clients may have gotten laid off. They may have gotten furloughed or whatever, and they're going to see a large dip in their clientele. So I think, yes, emotionally, it's nice to want to work with your previous self or a niche that you're emotionally connected to. But I think from a business logical standpoint, it's also smart to cover your ass and make sure that you're working with people that can afford your services too. That and I yeah. think also like making it more of a necessity, like almost a necessity, like the health and wealth blueprint is directly correlated with people being able to make, you know, more of an income and have yep. a lifestyle with doing your program it's the same for yep. someone who work with someone who has like hormonal issues or something like that digestive problems that's more of a necessity which i also think during this time is is really cool too yeah it is cool um i really like in my niche specifically i like working with fathers uh and i'll get like a little deep here but uh my father was a business or not was is currently still a business owner and Last year, a couple of years ago, he got diagnosed with heart disease. And as a kid, I would always tell him like, hey, you gotta lose weight, you gotta lose weight, you gotta lose weight. Oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And then, you know, he got diagnosed with heart disease and it was kind of like a, I told you so moment. And after that, he decided to lose 50 pounds. So when I bring on a father who tells me he wants to be fit for his kids, that's like really rewarding for me. I love, I love seeing that, yeah. Right. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause then you got kind of have a little bit of the emotional side of things, but again, also kind of like the necessity side cool. yep. for you diving into your niche specifically. Um, if you don't mind kind of expanding on this, like where did you find your people specifically? Like there, I think that's a lot of the reason people kind of pull back with coaching too, is they feel like they just can't find the right person. Or yeah. Where, where the leads at. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is a two part answer. I started on Instagram and then I stopped and I was like, okay, cool. Instagram ain't working for me. Where is my ideal client? I'd ask myself that question. My ideal client, 30 to 50 male entrepreneur, they're on Facebook. Cool. So I made the switch to Facebook. Cool thing about Facebook is you can control who's on your friends list. You can't control who follows you on Instagram, right? If they follow you, they do. If they don't, they don't. So on Facebook, I started interjecting myself into certain Facebook groups of entrepreneurs, like my ideal client, right? And then every day I was friending like 20 to 40 people. Don't friend more than 40, you'll get blocked. Um, I found that out the hard way. <laughs> and I would start adding ideal clients to my friends list, right? So I'm controlling who's seeing my content. I'm reaching out to people once they accept my friends list. And really, that's been a game changer for me. We still do that daily. I have my messenger people friend 20 people in the morning, 20 people in the evening. And basically, every day, we're getting at least 40 new leads that we can conversate with. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Like you said, kind of outbound, you know, same thing with the DMs. It's like you just have to go and go and find them. I think a big thing is on Instagram, obviously, someone's ideal client does Instagram, the whole hashtag game and like immersing yourself. Yep. And just immersing yourself in communities is, is super big. Um, but cool, Chad. So... In regards to kind of where you're at, I mean, and this is a very loaded question, but I feel like everyone kind of has their own, their own take on business, right? So for you personally, kind of the big picture, but what do you think is the biggest actionable takeaway or biggest step for somebody right now really looking to focus on building a fitness business? If you could give them one key point, one thing that you think from you personally is the biggest picture starting out. Okay, cool. I'm going to give a really short, simple answer. 
learn sales. I think most fitness coaches are really good coaches for the most part, but I think they really suck at sales. And I think that that's why they struggle because they don't know how to sell and they don't know how to operate a business, but they know how to coach. So if they learned how to sell, they would have a lot easier time bringing people into their business to coach. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Getting comfortable with it. And uh, like you said, if you're heart-centered, I think, and you focus on the service side of things, then uh, people will do that and come to you. Selling is serving. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What a beautiful quote. Selling is serving. Yeah. Well, Chad, well, uh, anything else, anything you feel like you want to leave for my audience, anything you feel like? Mm. Yeah, I like the open-end questions. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, I think the biggest thing from me that you can gain value from is my story. And reason being is it took me a long-ass time to get here, right? It took me three years just to even become a profitable business, to become an actual business. So if I can leave you with any advice, if you're listening and you're wanting to get started, don't follow my footsteps. Don't try to figure it out on your own because you, you will like be spinning the wheels. You will take, it will take a long time. Invest in somebody that one you like, two, you know, they can provide you value with. And at the end of the day, if you do that, you're going to expedite your results. Cool. So tell us, tell the people where, where can they find you? Yeah, all my fitness business stuff is on Instagram. Um, so I'm the fit CEO, which is the T H E fit F I T underscore CEO. And yeah, you could just shoot me a direct message or you can follow my content on there. Cool. Awesome, Chad. Well, thank you so much for all of your insight. Thanks for coming on. And uh, until next time, my friends. Yeah, appreciate you.